Welcome to today's edition of Draft Utopia. Chris Ransom here, and we're here to talk about some news and sports. I also will reveal my first 2020 NFL season preview. Yeah, I'm coding season previews with the coaching staff, with all the big topics. And then I'm going to promote that on Facebook today. And if I get through multiple previews, then I'll try to promote those tomorrow. But Gerald McCoy did suffer a, a season-ending injury. Becton's looking at the left tackle spot for the Jets. TJ Hawkinson is still dealing with an ankle injury. And that is not good news because I made him the face of my fantasy team. But at tight end, I made him my starting tight end. And I was thinking, well, I could use a keeper on him in the 15th round next season and get a player worth the production, worth the value at that position. But if he gets injured again, then you have to reconsider that route. And honestly, I don't know if I'm going to start Hawkinson against the Bears or Jack Doyle against the Jaguars yet. I haven't decided. And it comes down to how healthy a Hawkinson is, really. But the NHL, a lot of teams that we expect to win one. Tampa Bay won. Colorado destroyed Arizona 7-1. to Bruins won, and the Blues even the series at 2-2 with the Canucks. But the Hurricanes had control of that game. They led 3-0, and then Boston scored four unanswered in the third period to come back and make it a 3-1 Bruins series lead as the Bruins improved to 2-0 without Tuka Rask. They also injured Jordan Stahl in that game. So Jordan Stahl, Svechnikov was out, now Stahl may be out, so... The Bruins, outside of their goaltending situation, they're at full health right now. And they're up 3-1, just like the Lightning. So it's looking like I may not have to recode uh, or post a fifth-round NHL mock draft until the conference finals, the way things are going right now. And on that note, before I get into the NBA, I'll take a look at today's games. But the Flyers play the Canadians at 3 on NBCSN. That'll be Game 4. Then Game 5 is at 5.30 between the Flames and Stars. 8 p.m. Eastern, it's the Capitals and Islanders. The Islanders have a chance to deliver the knockout punch against the Washington Capitals. And the Blackhawks face the Golden Knights this evening as well. And if both of those games are elimination games, I'll have Lisa type up two write-ups for those games tonight while I continue to crank out these NFL season previews at will. But I can see the Golden Knights and the Islanders both winning tonight and knocking their opponents out. So let's talk about the NBA that happened last night. Utah Jazz, Denver Nuggets, Jamal Murray, 36 points at point guard. Donovan Mitchell, the reason I said this series wouldn't live up to the hype is because I thought Mike Conley was a starter. It turns out Mike Conley's a backup on the Jazz, and they have Ingles and Mitchell as their starters at point guard and shooting guard. They have Rudy Gobert at center. Their forward play struggled, so you know what? I retract what I stated about the Utah Jazz not having a good starting five without Conley. 
This is a watchable series. I went back and watched the highlights on SportsCenter. This series between the Jazz and Nuggets is as good as I initially advertised. And I'll, I'll watch Game 2. That'll be my way of apologizing. I'll watch Game 2 of that tomorrow. But I think that today's NBA games, the rest of the NBA games were pretty boring. Toronto won as expected. Boston won as expected without Ben Simmons in that lineup. The Sixers really couldn't do anything. 109-101, 32 points, 13 rebounds for Tatum. Jalen Brown at 29 points. Kawhi Leonard at 29 points and 12 rebounds. Don Kick had 42 points. But the Clippers were able to keep the Mavericks in check despite Don Kick getting that 42 game because outside of Porzingis and Don Kick, they really don't have any quality starters. The Mavericks don't. And they're relying on Duke. Luca Donkick to do everything to help them win. And that's not an abundant strategy, that's a scarce strategy, but NBA fans love to watch Donkick tear it up. But yeah, the Bucks and the Magic play at 1.30 today. The Lakers play Portland at 9 today. Both of those games are going to be on TNT, so I'm going to have to be rotating between TNT, NBCSN, and AT&T Sports because the Pirates host the Cleveland Indians tonight in regular season baseball. So I'm going to have to rotate between those games unless somebody invites me to hang out. If I do have a friend that wants to hang out, but at the same time, COVID-19, I can understand why people want to be safe. So it's like, yeah, I only have one TV to watch these three games on. If, if there were bars open with seating, limited seating, I'd go to a bar. But it's like, there's not. So I'm really going to have to rotate between these games. And I've got work for a, like a, a, a social media project I can't disclose in this podcast. It's unrelated to Draftytopia. I am getting paid, though, so that's cool. And on that note, Padre Shorts up Fernando Tatis Jr. is tearing it up in the MLB right now. I'm going to go through the MLS headlines. Um... Toronto plays Vancouver, I guess. Yeah, so Toronto plays Vancouver. That's an August 18th game, and that's going to be airing tonight on ESPN Plus and TSN. But really, the big MLS games resume on Thursday, Friday. Fox is going to air LAFC in the LA Galaxy at 6. But yeah, MLS regular season stuff is going to resume this week. So I'm kind of excited about that as a sports fan. Just seeing that resume in Nashville... Nashville's in the Eastern... I thought Nashville was in the Western Conference. They're in the East. Okay. All right. On that note, I am going to resume the... I'm going to break down the first season preview. And this is going to be an audio commentary of an article I'll be posting around the same time as um, this podcast. The Washington football team 2020 season preview. 
Wash, let's take a look at their free agency recap. Washington signed Kyle Allen to replace Case Keenum. On defense, they added free safety Sean Davis from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Washington also got Cornelius Lucas, a backup right tackle on the Bears, and cornerback Kendall Fuller, a member of the Super Bowl 54 champion Kansas City Chiefs. This team was less active in free agency compared to previous years, so it will be interesting to see how things pan out. Washington football team, they drafted Chase Young at 2 he may end up starting at defensive end. He may move to outside linebacker. You have a gadget player like Antonio Gibson that you got in the third round competing for the starting running back job. You got two fourth-round picks, Sadiq Charles. He'll be competing for a spot on the offensive line. And Antonio Gandy-Golden out of Liberty may be the steal of this group. The Liberty receiver is expected to start next to Terry McLaurin with Kelvin Harmon on injured reserve for this season. All right. So the Washington football team quarterback summary, Washington has three quality quarterbacks. Dwayne Haskins, Alex Smith, and Kyle Allen will be competing for the starting job. Washington has Carolina Panthers quarterback coach Scott Turner taking over as the offensive coordinator, and he was the quarterback coach when Rivera was the head coach in Carolina. And you have Ken Zampezi returning to the NFL as a quarterback coach. Zampezi was Baker Mayfield's quarterback's coach in Cleveland, which is something to be optimistic about. Turner did well with Kyle Allen as the quarterback's coach. He's earned the right to be the coordinator. Let's see how he goes from developing quarterbacks to adjusting the plays. So I'm curious to see if Scott Turner can handle that promotion, handle that responsibility, handle that workload. And it's going to be interesting to see with this staff. Adrian Peterson, Bryce Loving, Antonio Gibson are in the backfield. All three running backs will be competing for the just job, but I'd say Peterson's the front runner at this point. Randy Jordan did well enough to retain the starting running back job. And he's been with this team for three seasons, Randy Jordan, the receiver's job. You moved Terry McLaurin, your slot receiver from last year, into that number one receiver role. Also, with Kelvin Harmon tearing his ACL, Antonio Gandy-Golden is set to be the number two receiver to, that starts across from McLaurin. Trey Quinn and Dontrell Inman are competing for that slot receiver job. Jim Hostessler was the wide receivers coach last year with Carolina. He went to Washington with Rivera and Scott Turner. He's now the receivers coach. Jordan Reed is gone. You have five tight ends. Jeremy Sprinkle, Richard Rodgers, Marcus Baugh, Logan Thomas, and Thaddeus Moss. Pete Honer, he was the tight ends coach with the Panthers from 2011 to 2019. Now you bring in any... None of these tight ends are as good as Greg Olson, but what can this tight ends coach do without Greg Olson? That's really the question here because you've got five tight ends competing for that starting tight end job. Washington's going to have competition at left tackle, left guard, at center. Before I break those the positions down, their right side of their offensive line is their strength with Brandon Scherf at right guard and Morgan Moses at right tackle. Now, the left tackle job will be a competition between Cornelius Lucas, the former backup to Bobby Massey, and Gerard Christian. Lucas only gave up one sack and eight starts at right tackle with the Bears and over 500 snaps. Washington's offense can do something if he plays that well as Washington's left tackle as a blind side. Both of these guys feel like downgrades over Donald Penn and Trent Williams, which is why this team needs Penny Sewell in the worst way possible. Wes Schweitzer from San Jose State 
and former Atlanta Falcon Wes Schweitzer. And rookie Shadiq Charles are going to be competing for that left guard job. Rulier is expected to beat out Ross Piercebacher for the center job, but I feel like both Rulier and Piercebacher can be effective at center. John Matsko is the offensive line coach with Carolina from 2011 to 2019. All, at least four coaches on this offense that were with Rivera in Carolina are on the staff in Washington. Washington has the tools to be a top five offense in every category as long as these coaches make an impact right away. If they don't, it's going to be a long year for this football team in the nation's capital. Defensive line. Washington football team defensive line summary. Washington's defensive line consists of Ryan Kerrigan at 43 right end and Montez Sweat is their 43 left end. You have Payne and Matt Iodanis is the 43 defensive tackles. Rookie Right now, Chase Young, their rookie they took second overall, is going to be the substitute defensive end. Jonathan Allen is going to be the substitute defensive tackle. Sam Mills the third was the defensive line coach when Rivera was in Carolina, making him the fifth coach with Rivera to join Washington. So... I, I love this defensive line. It's de definitely going to be one of the stronger units in the NFL. Let's look at the linebackers now. Thomas Davis, who played 43 right outside linebacker at Carolina for so many years with Rivera, he's going to play that position. Cole Holcomb had 105 total tackles and a 4-4-8-40 time for 2019 NFL combat. Former Tar Heel asserted himself as a starting middle linebacker. Reuben Foster is determined to make a comeback and is expected to start at 43 left outside linebacker. Now, Foster can hold his own. This can be a deadly linebacker unit. Rivera's the head coach, former linebacker himself. Jack Del Rio was a linebacker's coach on the Ravens team that won Super Bowl 35, And linebacker's coach Steve Russ coached the linebackers in Carolina last year. So, Washington has the coaches, the linebacker minds, to make these linebackers really good. Looking at the Washington football team defensive back summary, Fabian Morrow is now the field cornerback after being the nickel his first two seasons and playing boundary last year. He enters a contract year, and this will be his first year facing number one receivers. Kendall Fuller is Washington's boundary corner after being a backup on the Super Bowl 54 champion Kansas City Chiefs. Jimmy Moore, and he was a starter the previous year who had 82 tackles. Moreland is the nickel corner. Landon Collins is at strong safety. Sean Davis is at free safety. And safe. D will be the strength of this defensive back unit with the Washington football team relying heavily on their safeties. Chris Harris was an assistant defensive backs coach with the Chargers. He developed Derwin James. He's now the defensive backs coach, and he specializes in safety development more than cornerback development. But he can coach corners as well. Washington has their best defense in years. Last year, I said this team may have a top 10 defense if everyone is healthy. Injuries occurred last season, but this team is a lot deeper at both defensive line, potentially better starters, and better coaches at linebacker. Washington also has strong safety play, with cornerback being the biggest weakness on what appears to be a very strong defense on paper. Let's take a look at the Washington football team special teams unit. 
Dustin Hopkins has remained the starting kicker with Washington. Tress Way is the punter. Steven Sims Jr. has got the return responsibilities. He's the return specialist for both kick returns and punt returns. Their special teams coordinator is Nate Taxor. And he helped Way make his first Pro Bowl. Worst case scenario, Washington football team goes 0-16. They get ridiculed for changing their logo. Best case scenario, Washington goes 8-8. This team somehow manages to win 8 games with the staff. They have the second best front 7 in this division behind Dallas. There's no question about that. The Giants run a 34. They don't really have a proven sack artist, even though I love the addition of Blake Martinez. And the Eagles lineback drafted three linebackers. But none of those rookies are projected to start right away. Which is why Washington now has the second best front seven in this division. And you look at their schedule. Week one, Washington hosts the Eagles. I'm going to go out on a limb and say they pull the upset and beat the Eagles. Week two, they go to Dallas. They're going to lose that. Wait, they played Dallas in week two? Hold on. I did something wrong. This is my fault. Nobody else's. Okay? They play the Cardinals in week two. I guess I forgot to put that in. And I, I'm going to have to recode the regular Washington football team page as well because I'm not listing Dallas three times. That's not cool. But yeah, Washington plays the Cardinals in week two. They're going to lose that game in Arizona with healthy Patrick Peterson, a healthy Brian Murphy. Yeah, Robert Alford was their nickel corner. Robert Alford was actually supposed to be the number two corner before Byron Murphy took that job from him. But now you have Byron Murphy. He's going to be starting next to Peterson again. And Alford would have been a good nickel corner, but he's not going to be playing. This is the second year in a row. Alford's been on IR after his contract extension. He got like a three-year contract extension. And this is the second year in a row he's been placed on IR. So Washington football team, they go to Arizona. They lose that game. They lose at Cleveland. They lose to Baltimore at home. The Ravens just have too much defensive talent. I'm not going to go into their roster in depth. But they have five good corners, and Washington has a second-year receiver that could be a breakout player and a rookie receiver. And you expect me to believe those guys are going to torch Baltimore's corners. Yeah, right. They play the Rams in Week 5, and, and this could be a breakout game for Golden Gandy or McLaurin. Whoever is fi not facing Jalen Ramsey will have a field day with that secondary. And I think they win that game. Week 6, they play the Giants in New York. That's a loss. They lose to the Giants in New York. They're 2-5. and five. Week 7, they host the Dallas Cowboys. If Dallas didn't have so many good starters on the offensive line, if Washington had a competent left tackle, I'd probably pick Washington in an upset. But they don't. Dallas wins this game. They're going to be the only NFC East team to sweep Washington. And they're, Washington's now 2-5 and five heading into their bye week with wins over the Eagles at home in Week 1 and the Rams. Then in Week 9, they get the Giants at home two weeks to prepare for this game. They win, and they're all of a sudden they're 3-5 and five now. And initially, I did have Washington beating Dallas in Week 7. So if they do beat Dallas, they'd be 4-4. Four then they'd lose to the Lions, and then they'd beat the Bengals, and then theoretically they'd be 5-5 five and five with six games to go. But I have them at 4-6. and six. I have them losing to Dallas now. 
They lose to Dallas again on Thanksgiving. They drop to 4-7. and seven. They lose to Pittsburgh 4-8. and eight. They lose to San Francisco and Seattle and drop to 4-10. and ten. Then they beat the Panthers. Ron Rivera gets payback against Carolina for because they fired him. They're 5-10 and ten now. And then they lose the Eagles at Philadelphia in Week 11. Washington football team project 2020 projected record 5-11. I really wanted to give this team an 0-16 record since the name Washington football team makes me want to press a rusty nail against a chalkboard like Mr. Garrison on South Park. In all seriousness, Washington had to change their team name in order to keep their investors on board. I see both ends of this Washington football team spectrum. You've got the diehard Redskin fans. You've also got the fans that want the team name changed because the logo's offensive. It's racist. I see both ends. I'm not really going to dive into that. Oh, great. Yeah, I'm diving into that. Not trying to. It's just... But after looking at the roster, the coaching staff, the strength of schedule, I came to the conclusion that this is a 5-11 and team. And if they can pull off a surprise win here or there, they could be 6-10. and but I think 5-11 is a very realistic projection for this team because they have a loaded front seven, and if they can get good quarterback play, they could surprise some people. But it's going to be hard to get good quarterback play when three of your starters on the offensive line are competing for starting jobs. And you're relying heavily on that right side of the offensive line, heavily on that running game. So 5-11 is a very realistic projection for the Washington football team in 2020. And hopefully, if they had named themselves the Washington Red Wolves, maybe I'd give them a 6-10 and 10 record, but I'm going to go 5-11. and 11. And I was strongly considering giving this team an 0-16 record strictly for entertainment purposes. But looking at their roster, coaching staff, this is a 5-11 team. They're not a playoff team. 5-11 might be good enough to avoid a top-5 pick, but... Yeah, 5-11 is a realistic projection for Washington. All right, that will do it for today's edition of Draft Utopia. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, at Draft Utopia. Go to the YouTube channel, subscribe there. Um, BitChute, we have full college football games on BitChute. Pretty much, we're everywhere. We have a talk shoot channel as well as this one. So check us out everywhere. Google Draft Utopia, Bing us. Um, use whatever search engine to type in Draft Utopia for articles, content, podcasts, social media, and much, much more. My name is Chris Ransom. Thank you guys for listening to today's show and enjoy your playoff sports or just all sports in general now that NFL training camps are back. So long.